0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 19 of Defy the Norm. Today, I have Isabel, my 16-year-old daughter, on talking about how to make mindfulness fun for kids. Now, I know it's hard to believe that Isabel, at 16 years old, is the top mindfulness for kids coach, but trust me, after this next hour or so of recording, you're gonna see that she really has some amazing insight into why mindfulness for kids is so important and how we can make it fun for kids so that it doesn't seem like such a chore of meditation and yoga. And the important part is like once your kids become more mindful or you yourself become more mindful, it adds so much creativity, confidence, you feel uh, good expressing yourself. And I think in, in general, when we become more mindful, we just are able to step back and reflect on, you know, what makes us happy? What do we need to implement more into our lives and what can we take out of it? So here we go. To inspire you to boldly and unapologetically live outside the box, dream big, and question everything.
1: This is the Defy the Norm podcast with Nomads with a Purpose.
0: Hey guys, welcome! So I'm so excited today because I have Isabel joining me on our channel. You're gonna see much more of her now. If you follow us for a while, you see tons of Isabel because uh, she is always center stage on our uh, adventure travels <laughs> videos. Gabby always makes her do all the posing
1: for that. Yeah, I'm the full time model. That's of it. Nomads with a purpose.
0: <laughs> but we're here today to talk about something that's really, really important to us. And as a parent, I think it is extremely important. And even as an adult, like the things that Isabel's teaching in mindfulness is really helpful for most adults. It's um, she chose to do it with with kids, but really, this is stuff that all adults can benefit from. And so real quick before we get started, make sure you give us a thumbs up if you like this and subscribe and tell your friends about it so that we can get to, we wanna get to 10,000 subscribers soon so we can do uh, stories on YouTube and add some, add just more fun things along the way. So Isabel, we um, have been doing like, when do you think mindfulness became really big for our family? Hmm,
1: Good question. I could say it started five years ago when we started traveling the world, but I think it sort of the concept was uh, planted there. But I think it was more later that it actually really started affecting us, especially back in 2019. I think when we first started getting into meditation, and we would go to our climbing gym and we'd all go do yoga together. So around 2019, that was what yeah, about three, two, a year and a half, year and a half two ago. Years ago,
0: that was probably yeah. when it became a really big deal for us. I think so too, because uh, it was like, the more we learned about in meditation and this this concept of mindfulness, which we'll explain in a second, I think it was that through our travels, we were so
1: often in situations Mm -hmm. that forced you to be mindful. Yeah, that was in 2019, that's where the generic of meditation and all those important mindfulness practices came into our lives and became a norm for us. But you're right, like even before then, always our lifestyle made us practice mindfulness being out in nature hiking long drives that was really when mindfulness started for us
0: yeah so uh let's back up for a second and i want you to tell me a little bit tell our audience because maybe they haven't been following us for a long time tell us a little bit about yourself so that they can
1: um about myself that's like the world's hardest question (laughs) um I'm the middle child and I'm not troubled. Let's start with that because there's, I've grown up in a family of seven and I've always, you'd expect me to be the angsty, life's not fair middle child who's like, why do we even travel? But it's never really been a problem for me. I was always this pretty happy kid. I would be perfectly happy when they would go surfing, I would just sit on the beach, I would chill, I would play the guitar, do all my creative activities because I love to paint and draw and express myself through all these art forms and it's never, that's pretty much how I've always been and that sums me up in a way because uh, it really shows my Enneagram type 9 nature because Another thing about me is that I really love typology and whether that's, you've probably heard us say Enneagram before, Myers-Briggs, all of those things uh, all started kind of because of my curiosity about them. So that's kind of my role in the family is that I'm the one who brings up these random uh, typology things, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. And and, yeah, it has really helped
0: because it's allowed, her interest in this has a Good morning. Her interest in this has made it so that uh, we've learned so much more about ourselves and kind of been able to break down like, oh, why do we struggle in this situation? Or or what what could we do to like, that would really align with our true nature? And so I know for me, I like it because it's helped me in my relationship. It's also helped me as a person be more confident and it's helped uh, me kind of find where in the world uh, from a business standpoint and career standpoint i fit in best and so if you're not really like what is mindfulness maybe we should like start by defining what what does it mean to be mindful
1: that is a good question so everyone assumes that mindfulness is if you ask anyone on the street i guarantee you if you ask someone what is mindfulness they're going to say um meditation yoga breath work That is a mindfulness practice. Mindfulness, by definition, is just the state and quality of being mindful. And to be mindful is just an awareness for both yourself and your surroundings. And it makes it so that you can live with more happiness. That is the whole goal of mindfulness. Mindfulness is simply being aware of, oh, what is going on around me? What is going on with my breath? What are my thoughts? What is going on internally? And also, oh, look at the birds, look at the sky. What is this, what's happening with this person? What is this person doing? What is going on around me? So it's also the external. And what this does is that it makes it so we can live with higher awareness, and then we can show up with life with more intention. Mindfulness is, that's the whole goal of mindfulness is to live with intention, wouldn't you say? So it teaches you how to be aware in the moment so that you can show up and be more joyful,
0: absolutely. And those are some big concepts. You know, Victor and I have been talking about that recently a lot, and how important it is for us to um, make choices that align with. You know, what do we want? Do we want to? Do we want to keep living in an RV? Do we want to um, be back in Polson and? Um, you know, stay put more, what is, where are we going to thrive? Because in the end, I feel like when I wake up, I want to be excited to start my day. And at the end of the day, I want to be feel fulfilled and feel like, wow, I, you know, I did exactly what brought me joy, not according to what I'm supposed to do. And so mindfulness has done a ton of that for me. In fact, when we decided to move into an RV, I didn't realize I was practicing mindfulness. I was just listening to these subconscious thoughts that were telling me, you know, if I don't really get that much happiness out of paying a mortgage or paying a lot on rent and gosh I keep spending my days at the beach and surfing and playing with my kids and I'm really happy when I do that. Let me let me stop for a second and do more of that. How can I do more of that? And so mm-hmm mindfulness for me definitely helped me align with this path that we've taken to travel. Um, It can also be harder because for people, because once you become mindful or, or practice more mindfulness, I think the really hard block for people is when you stop and think, am I happy? And then if you have that hard conversation with yourself say, I'm not, I don't really like what I'm the path I'm on. Because mindfulness sometimes can bring up a lot of subconscious beliefs, right? And some Yeah,
1: so the whole thing about being mindful is that it's not it's about being aware of everything so the reason it can be kind of hard for people to do or what gets them to back out of being mindful especially what makes them not want to practice mindfulness with their kids is that it doesn't just bring awareness to what makes you happy it brings awareness to what's not making you feel good and what's not working for you and that can be hard for people because you're becoming aware of the elephant in the room, you're becoming aware of the negative emotions and all that.
0: And a few uh, last week, uh, Isabel, Gabby and Danny talked about what it's like to be uh, a teenager and live this lifestyle, live in an RV, travel the world. And they shared how it was really hard in some ways because they weren't as accepted because they didn't they were living a life that aligned with what was intentional for them and what was Mm -hmm. making them happy. And that didn't necessarily uh, make them you know, the most popular person at a party when everyone else is talking about, oh, that football player did this, and that girl said that, and and all of a sudden you're in this space of, wait, wait, wait,
1: I I really don't wanna gossip here. And, you know, mindfulness definitely played. definitely a role. So that too with mindfulness is that because it shifts, it shifts your perspective so much, like, Imagine, uh, I like to use this analogy, imagine your brain is a house that hasn't been renovated yet, or it's a house that's being, uh, that you got a hundred different people to design the interior to, and no one else was sharing how they wanted it designed. So you have all this like mix and match stuff, Mindfulness is where you step into your that room in your house and you're like, oh, I don't like this. Let me get rid of that. Let me get rid of that. This isn't serving me. That's not my thing. I want this out and you're cleansing it so it fits and works for you. And that makes it hard as like a teen. You're like, oh, I'm making my I'm really looking at my mind and uh, not letting my peers uh, create this room. But. Uh, as a teen, you kind of are in a stage, especially where you want, you're looking at, what are my peers doing? What are they saying? What are they thinking is right? And so being a teen, doing the opposite of that was really hard. And, but I have no regrets doing it. Yeah. It's um, interesting.
0: I like that analogy a lot uh, (laughs) about like a hundred different contractors walking into your house and they're all... They all have a different idea of how they're going to design the kitchen and where the walls are going to go, and and I think about how much the the videos Victor and I have been uh, I I gotta use this with your dad the videos <laughs> <Write> that down <laughs> you know, Victor and I have been doing kind of come down to that and that I know like I might seem like a control freak I know exactly what okay well I want our travel to look like this I want our days to be filled with this I want all these things and. I'm okay with that, but you know, it's, you have to be really, um, bold and brave and be willing to take the consequences of that. Meaning not everybody is going to give you a thumbs up in life. Like, yeah, that's okay to do that. Oh, it's totally okay for you to leave us for six months and go live your life to the fullest because the conditioning of society is mostly telling you Mm -hmm. that you are not allowed to choose how you design your own house. You're not. You need to design your house just like the house next door to you. And then when we fall into that trap of like, well, you're not allowed to, um, you're not, you're not allowed to drop out of society and just go like mm-hmm. bounce from campground to campground, that's not responsible. And you're, you have to sit really uh, in a lot of stillness before I realize like, well, it is responsible. It's actually the most, the highest level of self-responsibility. I'm not asking. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing with mindfulness is that it helps you put so much of that in perspective because mindfulness is just awareness. Everyone thinks that in especially society that mindfulness has to be meditation. It's like how you're explaining life is, is applies to mindfulness. Mindfulness has to be meditation. It has to be yoga. It has to be breathwork. It has to be journaling. Mindfulness is just a state of mind. It's a lens we're seeing through and it, uh, we apply it to how we want to live. And so uh, when you can learn how to uh, correctly uh, apply, be mindful and find your own mindfulness practice, it applies to the rest of your life and you make it so that you can just go into your own life and there's not any right way to live it that you can just I will say that way. I only really started
0: meditating a little over a year ago and but when I look back at how I live my life I live my life extremely mindful I just didn't put a turtle I never labeled it that way and one of the ways uh, I was telling Victor this this weekend is one of the ways I caught that I was really mindful in that there, everybody has some childhood traumas. Some of them are big traumas. Some are little traumas. Relatively, I know mine are all little. Um, I grew up in a divorced family. I, uh, you know, there's a lot of things I just never felt loved. And I never felt heard. Not to mention that my wiring is, uh, is kind of different than a lot of people's. Uh, and so I tend to, I tend to see things in ideas, in big picture ideas, and big processes. And so school was really easy for me, but it was really boring. And I think if I'd come home, I think, oh, how was your day? And I feel like, oh my gosh, don't ask me how my day was. Why aren't you asking me about all the dreams and visions I have for my, for the future and the world? And And like most people are just like, well, they wanna keep it on the uh, surface and not really go that deep. And so it was hard for me. And there was this point in time that I can tell you, I distinctly remember following the crowd, like getting the house, getting the pool in the backyard, achieving the business, all these things that were great, but I, but feeling like, but I homeschooled my kids and I was around them a lot. And so I remember thinking that like, my my desire to be a be a mom in like helping them overcome their little traumas along the way or the things that maybe were going to um get be roadblocks for them long I I decided at one point like hey it's not about me it's about them more and it's not that I wasn't important that my goals and dreams weren't important it's just that I I was mindful enough to catch like hey I can't just constantly putting put band-aids on my own hurts and my own um things that I felt like were lacking in my life. I needed to show up as a parent and be strong and help empower them so that they didn't have the same thing. And that's kind of why when we homeschooled, we started making it all about like, mm-hmm. you don't have to learn science and history, but you do have to be accountable to your own success. So what do you want to learn? Do you think that yeah. when you started like, because you, for you, um, yours was more about creativity in your
1: schooling, mm-hmm. right? We really skipped over a lot of math and science. And, yeah. It's not like I didn't do any generic school and I can't do long division or multiplication. It's just that that wasn't the focus. So I mean, schooling, if you think about it, it's an education for living. So we are always focusing on not, okay, this is what you need to learn and then you'll figure out what you do. It's figure out what you think you're gonna wanna do and then learn, which I think was really important and really powerful because learning can come through everything just like mindfulness. And so I was always drawn towards the arts. Like I said, I've always loved, I've been an artist since I was like eight years old. So I was always drawing in our travels. I was always trying to paint, always creating, and also jumping around, not only from painting, but also any work that involved my hands. I loved to bake, I loved to, try new things I love to make bracelets I love to create anything and so she taught herself how to play the guitar I hope you've heard Isabel play the guitar
0: (laughs) she's amazing she taught herself a few years ago and like she plays so good she's Mm -hmm. never taken a single lesson and a class she just she just taught herself and she does these really incredible paintings in fact The whole point is we're rambling on is we want to share with you this course that she created because she's just incredibly creative and insightful. And we're going to go into details about uh, her mindfulness course specifically towards the end of this. But don't you think that 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 it started because you had this blank canvas in your day of like be creative and then being creative led to being mindful and then being mindful decide was like, wow,
1: I really I really am happy. I'm so happy exactly. in this moment. Yeah. So another thing too, and I'll, you'll see how I tie this back to what we're saying is that people think with mindfulness, if they're ever saying, oh, I need to, either I need to learn how to be mindful or my kids need to, they start just by saying, okay, um, how do I start being mindful? Um, I want to make them start meditating. We're going to meditate every day or they're going to start journaling. No, that's not the, the, my whole point of like being a coach, mindfulness coach is. it's the opposite. Like, and that's because I learned through experiences that what taught me to be mindful wasn't that I just started sitting down and meditating. That came much later. What started was that I started by figuring out my passions and to figure out your passions, you got to try new things. You realize you have. I realized at some point that being homeschooled, I had all the time in the world and I could literally do anything I wanted. So I could, I just started. I was like, what do I like? And I jumped around trying new things. And I had all this time and I found what I really loved. I loved art, I loved guitar, I loved creating things. And then that eventually made me by doing them so much, it made me aware of them and that made me mindful of them. And I realized how important they were to me. And I realized, oh, whoa, as I'm being creative, I'm learning this skill of awareness and now it's making me mindful and I see how much it's changing my mind, how it works and how much it need to be shared with others. So it led me to taking that creativity. And after I learned to be mindful, it made me apply it to share it with others through creative way. So I thought of
0: a couple tips of, as she's saying this is, one of them is that we created enough space in her life for this, for in all of our kids' lives. We created so much space in our day um, before we even traveled, just homeschooling created space. And so whether you are doing this for your kid or whether you're doing it for yourself, like you really can't, practice mindfulness or get to the root of what makes you happy if you don't create time and space to be aware of it. That's not to say like you couldn't make small steps and like you're driving in traffic, you're stuck in traffic, you can be mindful and think of like, wow, I really wish I was doing blank right now. The other is that we once we did start traveling, we did a ton of hiking and it's not like early on, my kids were like, oh, mom, please, can we go hiking? I'm just not that kind of parent. I'm like, we're going hiking. and. I mean, even still, Tatiana, my youngest, 10 years old, has never really loved hiking, but she's consistently had to do it so often. And naturally when you're hiking, it's an easy way to become mindful because Mm -hmm. you have to literally, at the very least, be aware of the step that you're about to take in front of you. Yeah. And Tatiana, okay, I'm gonna back up for real quick to tie this in, (laughs) Tatiana, hiked seventeen miles in the last two days. Was it seventeen? About probably. I think we did a nine miler and a six miler. We did so that okay. Would be maybe 15. fifteen miles.
1: Fifteen so in two days.
0: This will be in another video when we show you what we did for the last couple days. We went uh, to Canab and did all these hikes, but we did not want to. T- we couldn't get our truck close enough to the trailhead, so we had to hike from way beyond the trailhead. So we had to do. Um, the first day was four miles to get to four mile hike out so four miles back from four and a half maybe and through deep sand we had to hike through the sand dunes. it was hard no, no doubt it wasn't it was hard but she still she hates hiking hates it but she's done Isabel's mindfulness course and gets inundated with this idea of like hey how are you feeling why why are you you know what what's the
1: emotion that
0: that this is conjuring yeah. up? yeah yeah.
1: and well yeah that's the thing with mindfulness is especially like we've said before people we tend to nowadays in modern mindfulness teachings we focus on the positive and then in a way that's the opposite of mindfulness is that you're supposed to be embracing it all and so with kids i think it's super important that we teach them that how to embrace all of the emotions and it's especially helped tati that learning how to be mindful and how to be mindful of negative emotions is that it applies to her life so much and while we're hiking she'll sometimes or she'll have temper tantrums still and she'll be like I know I'm not actually mad at you mom I'm just tired and like that and level of mindfulness is really important yeah but- so she she actually hits that emotion where she's upset but she also
0: can go into a dialogue of like, well, I'm just hungry. And so we've gotten to the point where she's self-accountable. She literally packed herself a can of sardines for that hike because she knew (laughs) that if her blood sugar dropped, she was gonna be really angry. And so she just said like, look, I'm gonna bring my sardines, even though it's not my favorite, but I know that the protein's gonna help me i have a meltdown so she literally hiked that nine mile hike with a bag
1: of chocolate chips and a can of sardines and she's 10 years old by the way (laughs) she's 10 years old becoming aware of like hmm i'm not actually angry and want to kill my brother i'm just actually i think i have low blood sugar and i'm gonna eat a can of sardines to make sure that i don't get too angry (laughs) and another thing that's helped her is
0: that she's mindful of, like uh, I I usually tell this to my kids, like what would you rather be doing, and how much of your day could you really be doing it? So, like say for Tatiana, she loves to watch TV. She uh, she'll sit and watch like Avatar over and over, or iCarly or whatever the show is at the time. Mm-hmm. She obsesses over it. And I, well, well, realistically, that's fine. You can watch them, but how much of ta- the day do you think is real realistic? And of course, she's not gonna. She's mindful enough to be like, um, well, I can't watch it all day long mm-hmm. because I she knows she won't sleep that night if she watches. Not to mention that it's not good for you, but she I, we don't
1: even go there. Just she won't be able to sleep. She's gonna she's gonna wake up the next day being grumpy. She won't enjoy her day. She'll be mad at Jariah, her younger, her older brother. She knows all the contributing factors because she's so aware of how everything else will play out.
0: Yeah. And so we'll ask her like if we're going Hi, what would you rather be doing right now? And if she tells me, well, I'd rather be play fighting in the campground, then it's important for me as a parent to also make sure she gets that too. It's like this give and take. So mindfulness as a parent is figuring out what it is that your kid would rather be doing and making sure you make time for that. I like for Isabel, I made sure when she was young, Mm -hmm. she wanted to have enough time to draw or play the guitar in addition to like, hey, well, I need you to help me in the kitchen. And so this given mindfulness as a parent is this give and take that your kid feels like they're engaging in on their own
1: without you having to sound like a nagging parent. Yeah, that's the biggest thing I think too, is that mindfulness, in case I haven't enough, is the most important thing you can teach your kids, in my opinion. Yes, math is really important, but other than math, I think this is one of the most important things you can teach your kids. And that's one of the things that we get wrong. I see, uh, I mean, I've even seen it too. I've encountered it is that When we try to teach mindfulness to kids, we're just teaching the kids how to do it. When really we're telling, when we can't just tell kids, okay, you need to meditate, you need to journal, you gotta be doing the work too. And the important thing too is that, what helped me become mindful, is that you're treating each other like an equal. You're not so much as one, when you become more mindful, you see much more awareness. I was seeing like, oh, my mom's working really hard to make sure that she gets to do what she likes and she's still trying to go grocery shopping and make dinner and work and spend time with dad. And so you become really aware of like, wow, this person's doing a lot and I now have a perspective on what I'm doing in my day. And so then you can treat, I could be more like, hey, how can I help you? And then she sees the same as her being mindful and can be like, oh, my child's trying to help me. She's trying to be there for me, but I also wanna make sure she has time to get to do what she loves. So then instead of it being a parent judging child relationship, it becomes an equal relationship. And I think that is the most important thing if you're gonna to try to teach your kids how to be mindful, is that you gotta treat each other like equals.
0: So powerful, you're absolutely right. Um, I just, it's really important in the world. And that's why I said, I hope even if you don't have a kid or parent parenting right now that you're um, watching this to understand that our world really needs this right now in the sense of looking at another human being, whether it's a stranger or somebody you really love, and think about like, what is their journey? How did they get to this mm-hmm. point in life? And, you know, their perception of reality might be so different than yours. But for us to go forward with uh, healthy humanity, we have to really be more accepting of each person's journey. And if you become mindful and self accountable, for your interaction, you know, I know there are a lot of people I have to interact with that sometimes it's just like, you're so wrong. And and I used to be be much more blame about it. like, you're wrong. This is not the right way. And it's so important to step back and be like, Okay, well, they might not have the information that I have, they might yeah. not do the research, they might um, not have the same skill set, like, it's, yeah, mindfulness definitely helps build up your skill set, which is what um, I wanted to shift over to real quick, is Isabel learned a lot about personality archetypes along the way and it it, kind of goes hand, it really does go hand in hand. Like when she does coaching with a a student, you know, one of the first things she's gonna do is figure out what their Enneagram is because it's going to absolutely um, put a one color canvas on their blank canvas. It's going, you know, if if you're a type one, how you see the world is so different than if you're a type six. Yeah,
1: I mean, so I will step back here. I know I grew up in a, like with my mom, you can tell who's very much has helped me be mindful. But huge thing, I was, I was just like every other kid for a long time, and I was not naturally self-aware. I, it took a long time for me to become mindful through being creative, but before then, I was always like, I just didn't understand how I worked. And later as I learned, I was so drawn to, I didn't even know personality type was a thing. I've heard people say like, oh, I'm an Aries. I'm a Taurus. And I'm like, I don't even know. I don't even, like, what what does that even mean? And slowly through my journey, I started discovering these things. Like one day I came across someone saying, wow, this Enneagram thing is so cool. I'm like, ooh, what is this? It's like a personality type thing. It tells you how you work. And so I was super interested and I like looked into it and I was like, whoa. I did not even understand how much this is playing a role in how I see the world. So take
0: for instance, Isabel's a type nine and I, type nines are the peacemakers. Hence why she's not the troubled middle child because <laughs> she just wants to see everybody kind of get along overall. Yeah. And But then it also made her realize, well, as a type nine, you sometimes fall asleep to your own desires.
1: Yeah. And so when I just learned this one personality type thing, now granted, I like looking to, that led to me looking into so many other ones. But just realizing my enneagram type changed my so i could be mindful so much more because it gave me like a framework of how differently i'm seeing from other people because as a type 9 i try to fit in with everyone else and just be like oh well my mom's seeing this way so i must be looking that way too and then but really am i like, i had it made me realize that oh i have a unique way of how i'm seeing the world And I also have a a unique thing, desire. I have a unique desire that I need to be fulfilling. There's a core need here. I have a core fear in that gave me kind of like a direction, a compass in which I should be pointing for my mindfulness practice. And I think when she realized this, it made her also aware that she doesn't
0: as much as she likes to keep the peace, and that's great. She doesn't like to engage in discomfort. And so there was a time she was probably about 14 where she didn't do every single adventure with Gabby and I. And she didn't have an over- she's not a type seven with an overwhelming sense of FOMO, but she had this little bit of like A little bit of FOMO, right? Where like, oh, my sister and my mom would go do this and then they talk about it. It's so great. And then she realized, oh, wow, as an Enneagram, I kind of shy away from that. And as soon as she embraced it and said, you know what? I'm not going to shy away from this adventure. I'm going to, even though I'm going to be a little
1: uncomfortable, I'm going to go do it. Oh, wow. It's made you so happy. Yeah, because the Enneagram, especially, I have... The Enneagram, because I learned about it, it inspired me to make a whole separate course on it, which I guess maybe we'll talk about later. But um, the Enneagram, yes, it gave me so much realization. It's not just telling you, oh, this is your box and you need to stay in the box. It tells you what box you're in and how you can expand it. And that helped me so much with realizing I was a type nine, like, oh, this is a limitation that I didn't even notice was a limitation. I thought this was something I should avoid, but it's in my personality type that I want to avoid it. So instead, maybe let's see if I can dip my toe into it a little more and embrace that discomfort. And it's helped me so much with growth. And so knowing your Enneagram oh, as a kid was so important for me. Absolutely. Um,
0: the uh, Let's talk about your course. So in her course, she started off first last fall with just doing an online course, and mm-hmm. she had uh, like a dozen kids in the course interacting with her. These kids loved it; they they got so excited to um, to show up twice a week and listen to Isabel, and and they were really eager. And
1: I think you liked seeing their positive feedback that yes, they were definitely. I mean, when I first started off, I never I never run a course before, but I had the knowledge, and my mom said that you like you can do this, and so I started running it, and I was like. It was a bunch of 10 year olds, but I was still terrified that I was gonna fail. And I started talking and after like the first week I saw their eyes shift and I was like, whoa, it's working. And like throughout the course, I had parents reaching out to me like, my six year old will now meditate because of this course or my 10 year old is now journaling or my 12 year old is now talking about their feelings with me. What did you do? And it was so powerful to see me, to see that happening because to me, something that was so first nature, seeing it become first nature for someone else who has never experienced it was really crazy.
0: And what do you think um, the benefits of like getting kids to do all those things, what, you know, what does it make them more?
1: Yeah, so that's a really good point because you can see, we've talked about why we, I say mindfulness is important for kids, but what exactly is mindfulness doing for kids? For one, it teaches confidence. I think that is the most important one because mindfulness is becoming aware of everything. And when you become aware, it makes it so you can actually see yourself in the correct lens and it makes it so you can see your limitations and see your strengths. And it makes you more confident as a kid because once you can see, become mindful of yourself, you can figure out how to be more yeah. confident. I think seeing your strengths is a huge
0: part. And, mm-hmm. and. Um, we trend remember like 95% of your subconscious of what how you move through your day is based on the subconscious brain, and so even if you become aware of one or two percent of that, it helps you. Oh wait, wait, this is that part where I where I throw a temper tantrum in the store because my mom won't buy me cookies, and like whoa, whoa, whoa. why am I, why do I need cookies so bad? Why can't? Uh, well, maybe I could make cookies with my mom when I get home, or maybe. You know, that spinach salad that we ate last night was really delicious. Like, yeah. I don't have to only eat cookies, I can have cookies and spinach salad. Yeah. Little things like that, as a parent, it's huge. You know, your kid, it, it's self, self-perpetuating self because you have a kid who's like, one, not throwing temper tantrum, and two, like reaching for good food to make sure that they don't have these emotional
1: highs and lows. Because yeah. a lot of those temper tantrums just come down to food. Yeah. So. In general, like, I could say mindfulness teaches you a whole new way of living, but, like, it's a lens that you shift for everything that shifts your life. And one of the most important things, actually, that I think, there's four things that mindfulness, I say, uh, teach kids that are the most important. Expression, reflection, creativity, and confidence. But also, um, a fifth one is gratitude. Gratitude is one of the most important ones, I feel like, because once you just learn this little skill of gratitude, it changes so much how How you as a kid uh, show up in your everyday? Because when you have when for me, my mom's tried to make us start doing gratitude journaling. I remember when I was about nine, and I was kind of hesitant to do it. I was like, "eh, it doesn't really sound fun," and I kind of lost it. But then, as I learned to be more mindful and reintegrated it, it changed so much. Because when you teach kids gratitude, it teaches it makes them. uh appreciate the little things more and it makes Mm -hmm. them eat their meals more i it makes them appreciate the things that they don't like there's less temper tantrums and it also makes it uh so that they Pursue the things that they love more.
0: Yeah, because I could have told them you have to you have to do gratitude journals, and then they would have been a little reluctant. And so I, you know, I said, hey, let's try it. And when they show no interest, I'm like, all right, fine. But when it comes from within, when all of a sudden they want to do it and they're self-driven, it's going to have a totally different yeah. response. So it's really great. Um, whatever that door opens. Mindfulness will just open a door to a little bit more self-accountability, yeah. self-responsibility. Uh, I think when we take our own happiness into our own hands, we naturally are going to take our own health into our own hands. And uh, even I go a step further, in like the courses I run, when we take that into our own hands, we're going to take our own wealth into our own hands. And money gives us options. So I think yeah. all of those um play, sorry, <laughs> play a play a really big role. Uh, is there? Okay, so let's give them some tips. So. Oh, Not only with, so she took that course and and she still has, she has the videos from how that course is. I showed you guys before. She has a workbook, a really cool workbook that goes with it. But you took this new course
1: and made it like, you expanded huge. Yeah. So what's in it? So I had, I ran that, like we said, 10 week course back in fall of 2020. And that was about 20 lessons. And while I realized afterwards how much I'm like, whoa. I could have expanded so much on this one lesson and these kids were really interested in it. They need this so much more. So I took that course and I took all the journaling in one, I took that and made it into its own book because that book, and that book is amazing, really. I don't, not like trying to toot my own horn, but like (laughs) I really really expanded and took all those 20 lessons and made it so it's complete and it teaches 20 super important lessons on how to be mindful. And it's also super fun is the important thing because throughout my teachings, that's the most important thing is that you're making it fun. And then I took all the videos from the course and I put them into their own video course. So there's meditations, there's yoga, and there's the important lessons, all those extra fun activities in that. Because a lot of the mindfulness, we gotta keep it fun
0: for kids. So not only it's it's not going to be a matter of like, okay, you gotta sit down and journal and meditate. Like we said, it's, hey, let's do this fun activity and reflect mm-hmm. on, hey, you know, does, are you, do you feel grateful right now? Do you really like this? Would you want to do more? What do you, you're starting to scan your body and scan your surroundings a little bit more through yeah. activities that are fun. And it's
1: also shifting the mental framework. Cause I think you have some mantra yeah, affirmations yeah. in there. So I. Like I said, um, mindfulness is not just journaling and meditation and yoga. It's a way of seeing things. And so because I think this is so important, I applied it all to the course. So not only does but meditation, journaling and yoga are still important. So the whole course is 20 lessons long and it has some and it has uh, repetitive uh, practices of journaling. And meditation and yoga, but I'm also incorporating the other important things and giving them a taste of how each mindfulness practice works, be- to see what works for them. So I also do mantras, and I'll also do uh, fun activities like dance parties. It sounds random, but you'll see you if you check it out, you'll see how it plays in. And so having all these repetitive practices really help. I think too, it doing
0: this course makes it so that <clears throat> some of the things you're already doing. You just get to set up in a new framework because like I said, uh, when we used to, it's not like I said, let's go hiking, so you become mindful. It's that mm-hmm. all of a sudden, as we learn about mindfulness, we we can catch while we're hiking, ways to integrate more mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, it's really, it's a great course. It's, I think it's only
1: $7 to get started. Yeah, so it's only, if you want the book, which I think in a way will teach you everything you need to know, it's only $7. And- That's a really ridiculously cheap price. And the reason is because I just really want to get that book out to people and into your hands. And I think it'll really change your life. It's a great starting point for sure. Um,
0: And if for some reason somebody doesn't you know, you'd rather buy a latte than spend $7. What's what's one thing that somebody could do if either for themselves or for their kids
1: to just start practicing more mindfulness? Good question so if you do want to start practicing mindfulness in your home and you're not quite ready to take on the overwhelming quotations uh bundles and products that i have my top recommendation is that you start by just start anywhere and you can start with even just the littlest thing but my top tip would be one give them uh find their creative outlet and because like i said for me mindfulness wasn't just, okay, sit down, and meditate, become mindful. But, it was, no, what do you like? What do you, what do you, makes you feel good? What are you passionate about? And that led to me being mindful. So encourage your kids, encourage yourself to find what makes them feel creative and what they feel passionate about and encourage them to do it every day. And Absolutely. then also I would say once they get the hang of that, uh, just questioning is really good. Once you can figure out how to question is really good. Cause my mom's always been a questioner. Asking them after their afterwards or during the like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm making this. Oh, what do you like about it? Why do you like that? Oh, what do you think of this? Like bringing awareness to what they're doing in the moment is just the smallest but simplest way to encourage mindfulness in the household. Definitely,
0: that's a very inspiring. I think the uh, overlaps between you know my what I do for adults for empowerment coaching and what Isabel's doing for mindfulness for kids. Are, they're almost one in the same. And I think, uh, I don't know why we stop creating things. Uh, well, I do know why is because, you know, school system and our jobs kind of beat it out of us. But creation is definitely the gateway to uh, much, so much more happiness in the world. Because <laughs> as soon as we un- understand um, our, our own emotions, when we create, a lot of times our thoughts and our feelings have to come out. Go ahead. Try creating something with very little thought and no emotion. It's it's really hard to do, but all of a sudden, if you start creating something, you might realize that there is an emotion buried. I'm going to use an example of um, my stepdad. He, uh, my mom, always has him do these crazy projects around the house, and. I always think, like, he is so creative. Now, he's just laying floor, but he's not just laying floorboards and putting in these beautiful laminate flooring. It's creation. It's a creative process that's that's going. And even though it seems like a small task, he probably subconsciously knows that in the process of laying something that seems so logical and so geometrically Mm -hmm. perfect, it's actually an expression of creativity. Yeah, because... Go ahead. Yeah, yeah i couldn't do <laughs> it i like yeah. i think it's because,
1: it's just amazing yeah. um because creativity is um i could get into how this plays uh scientifically into your energetic system but i'm just going to keep it at what i believe because that would be a long conversation then but creativity is just the act of creating and when we create we're opening up this channel of energy where we are you're expressing yourself fully and you are cuz no one can create the way you do so to some people creativity is easy i mean creativity has always been something that's easy for me i love art i love uh drawing i love guitar but for some people that's not quite the case there's some people who some kids i especially have encountered who have this a perfectionist in them who's like this is not good enough and it needs to be perfect it needs to be like everyone else's and that when that's stifled it makes it so you can't be mindful and it makes it so you're not confident it makes it so you can't express yourself it makes it so you can't really reflect and it set up a lot of these blockages. So creativity is the start of opening this huge gateway to being more happy as both a parent and a kid. And so if you don't have a creative outlet, I I really encourage you to find one, have a dance party, start painting, find the hobby or that you've been interested in. something that you're
0: talented in. That's why I use Tibbs as an example because you think of like, well, laying floor, Like that's not, that's not that creative, Robin. You just have to measure and cut. Like, no, because you have a sense of, and Richie said perfectionism, you have this sense of, um, detail orientedness that is actually a reflection of yourself that you, that means you're seeing the world in a, in a lens that like, I can't see that in, I don't have that. And so it is really the starting point for confidence and Mm -hmm. and being able to draw that out and find harness what it is that you see in the world and then you're sharing it with the people, with people around you. And, uh, I know for me, as I start recognizing what, how I see the world and I share it, I can pick up better on other people's talents. And then when we see other people's talents, we see them as good and like, in that they they're offering something to the world. And Mm-hmm. again we bring everything full circle to like how can we how can we go forward in the world um, from where we are to where we need to go and like more happiness and harmony and so can something as little as teaching your kid to be a little bit more
1: creative and be more mindful absolutely help it will change their lives i guarantee you i mean i firsthand have seen kids who at the start of the my uh course were very blocked off and resilient and kind of scared, maybe a little angry, and afterwards were so much more open to receive and more happy afterwards and more vibrant. That was the most important thing. All right, so
0: the link's in the description, um, or if you're listening to the podcast, it's in the show notes. And uh, I wanted to just wrap up with the age group. Uh, I know, ideally, this is really good for ages like five to 12, her product. as a parent, I probably if my kids are under 5, honestly I would just I would just use the workbook for yourself and then just integrate the stories or integrate into yeah. your life the things that you're thinking about in the in the mindfulness workbook. Um, it's now for kids above 12. It's even more important for them. However, you've got a lot more hurdles to overcome in uh, trying to get a 13, 15, 16 year old to to convince them that, hey, what your peers are telling you is not the truth. The truth lies within you. You're up against a lot more. So I did want to add my parenting two cents in that, is that meet your kids at their level first. Um, Meaning, okay, so if if they look to their friends for certain forms of approval or or for, for stimulation, be that person, be that person giving approval, and be that person providing stimulation. I know some people are. Um, I even know people who live like the lifestyle we live, and they're like, oh, well, it's hard. My kids miss their friends." And like, well, be more fun than their friends. Like, yeah. start there. I know for me, that was what it was. That when my kids had that part of like, I need. I'm teenager. I want to fit in with them. What all I did was provide more fun. I'm like, I'm the mom who's like, hey, let's, let's go hike that mountain. Let's go surf. Let's go travel here. Let's do this. That, and then when I'm in those spaces of being more fun with them, I can draw out like, hey, what are you thinking about? Hmm. And give them approval for that. That's, yeah, that's interesting. Let's go further on that. Well, let's, let's get to, yeah, you're, you're interested in painting. Let's buy a bunch of painting stuff and let's paint. I mean, painting, it's really to, stereotype that that is not the essence of creation. If you happen to paint great, you don't need to paint to be creative. But but giving them those spaces to because it's hard if you're if you have a teenager, it's going to be harder to convince them that they don't need that social interaction that they in themselves have all the answers that they need. Their only person they need approval from is from themselves. I mean, come on Robin, that's that's a lot of steps for, yeah. for people.
1: Yeah, so I do wanna like retouch on those tips even more that I think they're really important. Like my books and my, my book, my mindfulness for kids book and my course, they are designed for ages seven to 12 because that's the best range. But if your kid's a little younger, um you can still do it with them but you're gonna have to do it with them and they're not gonna understand the questions very well or they might be confused on the concepts but if they're a little older too if they're in their teens they're not gonna be like oh yeah mindfulness for kids that does not sound fun um there's a huge You'll have to make a mindfulness it. for teens and honestly it'll be everything that's in there <laughs> and <laughs> but just rechange the front
0: cover <laughs> kids and teens will be switched and then yeah. if she could redo the whole thing and say mindfulness for adults, and guess what? Only one word is gonna get changed because yeah. the same things we teach our kids to be mindful is the
1: same principles as a teen, is the same yes. principle as because, an adult. Remember, mindfulness is just the lens. It's like putting on a new pair of glasses that help you see the world. So just being able to learn how to see it, it can, mindfulness can be fun for all ages. And I think that's a really important thing is that making it fun for is applied all the same way for all different ages. And so, I did want to say on that note you were saying about teens and about, um, what did you just say? You said something about the course that I was going to say. Oh, so, yeah, about how you're being your best friend with your uh, kids. Oh, yeah. That was what I was going to say. Be more fun. Yeah. You don't have to be besties. But I, I do think it is important. <laughs> I'm going to say that, is that um, there has to be a balance. I said it earlier that... What helps the most with kids being mindful is that once they learn awareness, they're not going to be wanted to treat, wanting to, be, they're not going to want to be treated like they are a child because they're going to have this awareness. And as they're learning, that's the biggest thing I see is that you, you're, the, you're the parent. I can understand so much. I'm not a parent myself, but I can see how it's like, oh, this is my child. I need to put them in line sometimes when they're misbehaving too much or I just I'm I'm the parent that's the natural default in your brain is that you're going to want to parent I them. think we inadvertently
0: as parents think we have an expectation for what being a parent is supposed to look and feel like and we have an expectation we basically have a fear of our child failing in life and that that's a reflection of our failure and we really have to break free of
1: that and yeah and, and go ahead and so there has to be a balance while you have you know i know you have to parent them to some level you need to also treat them as an equal and be their best friend you have to once you get them into a practice and once you're trying to get that practice with them you have to balance pretend they are the same type of they're the same you have to pretend you're equals to each other they're the same age as you as if talk to them as if they're your best friend maybe not be like how was work and that, what she's trying to get from that is it's uh, comes down to valuing their thoughts
0: and yes. their opinions is the big part. It's not so much like um, ordering each other around. It's the other It's the other end of the spectrum in like, what is important to you? How would you address this situation? And, you know, what do you need to thrive? It's like, if we were sitting down, if I was sitting down with a friend for a co- cup of coffee, to some exactly. extent, but we, I think I think we covered the the, Yeah. And like
1: not any and especially not talking to them in the little kid voice sometimes. Sometimes it serves a purpose if your kid is younger. But an eight year old doesn't want to be practicing mindfulness or doesn't want you to be like, so what did you think about while you were meditating? Oh, yeah, I like that idea. Like, no, treat them. Talk to them like an equal. Like, hey, what do you think about that? Yeah, I like that idea. Oh, I think this about it. Sharing your thoughts, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're to
0: build a ton of confidence with your kids just by doing that. Because sometimes they're reaching out yeah. to their peers just for affirmation and approval. And a lot of times if we can just provide that for them them, ourselves, it's awesome. All right. right. So I think we covered a lot of mindfulness. I hope, I tell you what, right now I'm super mindful, grateful for, for the appreciating sun. the sun. <laughs> and there is no wind this morning. We're so happy to be back in our... Um, campground in St. George. So we'll be here for about a week and hopefully we'll uh, keep going on the same thread. Uh, If you made it this far, awesome, you're amazing. I know I put on YouTube on our community channel a poll of like what topics and this was actually the one topic nobody voted for and you still got it anyways because I'm hammered in. (laughs) 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 Now I didn't say it was Isabel. If you knew it was Isabel of course you like it but it's all tied in. (laughs) The fact is like If you want to go, most of the votes are RV living. Um, Sometimes I feel frustrated because I'm stuck in this RV living box that's so amazing. But a lot of people like, well, I just want to tell, just tell me how to change a flat and tell me how to de-winterize my RV. And I'll tell you about that stuff. But the whole thing, if you want to thrive in RV living or if you want to have a family that thrives, you're going to have these mindset things are completely related to it. okay? (laughs) Okay, I meet people all the time that Wherever, wherever their frustration is, or the, the part that can't get them to like be even happier, or even what I struggle with, like with not, Victor and I both not loving this, comes down to mindfulness and mindset. So yeah. we're gonna keep hammering it in, even if it's not your favorite topic. But if you did like it, make sure you give
1: us a thumbs up. And if you're interested, follow me on Instagram at keep it Mindful Kids. Awesome, thanks you guys.